Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back with another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Master Watson. That's right, baby. Hi, Matt. You can call me Lord Watson, dude. I'm not calling you Lord Watson. <laughs> You're lucky I'm even calling you Master because you did lose your like 25th Rochambeau That's last right. episode, which That's meant right. I didn't have to call you Master. However, um, you know, we, this episode was going to be about business documentaries, but you are really out of character here. You've actually prepared something for the show. I did. And I, it only I, took 57 episodes or something like that. Yeah, I'm so proud of you that I'm just going to bump you up in priority. Like, but I had to prepare this for something else, actually, I so I didn't really prepare for I this. I know, but I do like some of the things on here. So anyway, let's. Wh- what is this? What are we doing here? Well, so tonight I'm doing this event called Meet the Masters, um, and there we mentioned this a little bit in the last episode. Yep. But uh, there are six entrepreneurs there, uh, plus, plus one more who's like the uh, super entrepreneur which is not me. Uh, and so I'm one of those six and we all get to do our little presentation for 20 to 30 minutes. Everybody comes by and gets to learn our, uh, learn some wisdom from us. I will be there taking notes fastidiously. And so the notes that we have that we prepared here are my 10 takeaways okay. uh, that I want the uh, people to, to take away from my little presentation. Okay. Now, we go under the assumption that all of our listeners listen to every single episode and every single minute, and they remember every part of it. They don't. I know. So let's talk about who the other masters are again. Um, so one of them is uh, Hellsberg from Hellsberg Diamonds. Is it actually Barnett? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And, and now, now we actually have had, you and I have had some experience with his entrepreneurial mentoring program mm-hmm. when we went down and gave some feedback for one of their new programs. I really love what they're doing down there. And I love the fact that they call it hemp. Yep. Hellsburg entrepreneurial mentoring, mentoring program. Say yep. that five times really fast. Yep. All right. Who else? Then we got, uh, uh, Mr. Terry Dunn from J Dunn, which is like the fourth or fifth largest construction company in the United States. Who is my relative. Yep. And I've known for his whole life. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing my cousins there tonight. Um, one of the others is uh, Mr. Bernstein, who invented the Happy Meal, owns a marketing uh, company. I just want to touch that guy. I think that's he's got that's magic. It, I meant in a good way that there has to be some kind of you know transfer of knowledge when that occurs. The Happy Meal is pretty influential. Who else? Uh, there's a gentleman who started Script Pro. Um, What's that? I don't, I don't know a whole lot about. Uh, okay. with, they do some pharmacy related software ah, okay. stuff. Um, uh, Jeff Julian has done work for them before. Okay. Um, and then I talked to Jeff about replacing you on the podcast while you're out of town. If you can fire me, that's cool. No, I'm not going to fire you, Matt. It's just, you know, the demands of a master have grown and you're so worldly now. I'm missing. There's one more. Illig. Uh, Wasn't it Illig? Uh, Cliff Illig is kind of the, the, the grand master okay. of the, the group. That's um, probably well-deserved. He's built a pretty, he's only a billionaire. I mean, yeah. he's doing okay. Yeah. Uh, there's one more on the list. I can't remember. And for those of you that are outside of Kansas city, Cerner is just, is the, is just a monster. They have like 16,000 employees in the state of Missouri. Yeah. And if you live here in Kansas city, you can't travel too far without running into a Cerner office tower cluster. They have like three campuses here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've done well and congratulations. I'm looking forward to hearing everyone tonight. I, you know, one of the things that 
has been a fascination, a hobby or a quest of mine is to always kind of seek knowledge. And, and I love the whole, the whole concept of knowledge transfer. And I like the fact that you guys are going to be working off of bulleted lists. Let's talk about yours. I hope so. All right. Well, do you want to go through my list? Yeah, but I want you to do it. And I like what's on top. It sounds familiar. Yeah. So I've got a list of 10 items we're going to go through here. And uh, we're going to go one by one. Don't rattle off the whole list. Yep. Number one on the list actually comes from you. So I got to give you all the credit for this one. I just it's I just like it. So uh, success requires payment in advance. I actually prefer success demands payment. Demands payment in advance. Because it is demanding. You're right, man. And I and I think this starts with this is actually something that applies to many things in life. I mean, if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to med school and it takes forever. You want to be a lawyer, you go to school forever, right? Like if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you're going to spend a lot of time learning how to screw a lot of things up probably before you figure out how to be successful later. I've spent years trying to prove this theory wrong and I've yet to do it. And you look at people and this, this really, these words first came out of my mouth when I was writing my book, balance me. I was trying to find people that had all this world-class talent and it didn't matter how talented they were. Every single one of them worked really hard. They all paid a price in advance and really worked hard to hone that craft. Um, so it's true. It's true. I love it. Um, and obviously this is a, um, well, you've lived it too, Matt, a Matt DeCourcy ism. Yeah. Matt isms. You can take There you go. But it's true, man. Like I, I look at you, I look at everybody I know that has been what I call a super achiever. And it's because we work hard. It's consistency and it's hard work. And it's also passion to like, just know that you can be better and that you have to practice and do it over and over and over. Well, people always would say, sometimes they say comments about you know, Venn solutions and what we did and like, Oh, you're lucky or this or that or whatever. And like, mm. dude, you didn't see the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours and pain that went into this. Yeah. People say to me, sometimes they're like, Oh, you're lucky. You've done well for yourself. I said, I did not feel lucky when I put in my 84th hour last yep. week. Nope. All right. What's next? All right. So number two, success is found in the niches. Riches in the niches. Riches in the niches is always one of my favorite things because it always annoys me when, when, People want to start some business and be like the next Facebook or whatever. It was like, oh, that's a stupid ass idea. Not cowardly. Not cowardly. Yeah. Back to Mr. Laurel Holt and his uh, advice to us on one of our earlier episodes about being a coward. And I think that fits right into this is solve the problems that nobody else wants to solve or, or solve the problems that are in weird niches that nobody knows about. Or pick something that no one else is doing. Go somewhere where no one, else, where everyone will leave you alone, and then get really good at it. Right, as Lyra will point out. Um, you talk about this in the interview that's in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom. You were talking about some guy that was like importing feathers from Africa or something. Yeah, I mean, one of my one of my favorite uh, <laughs> little memories was I went with my uh, friend Todd to the Lake of the Ozarks, and for those of you who are not familiar with the Lake of the Ozarks, it's uh, here in Missouri, and it's this massive lake. Uh, it's one of the largest lakes in the United yeah, States. Has more, has more coastline than yeah. Lake Michigan. I mean, anyways, there's thousands and thousands of people there that have like these giant uh, lake houses that are all on this lake. And you can spend hours going down this lake, which is sort of like a river. It's really super long. And there's just million dollar house after million dollar house. And, you know, I asked my buddy Todd, cause he's, he's been in there for years. I'm like, do you know these people? How do these, you know, how do these people get here? How do they own these places? And it's like, they all did some weird thing that made some money and none of them are people, you know, they're not businesses you've ever heard of. It's 
the dude who in, imports feathers from Africa right. or whatever it is, right? It's all these weird, random things. And, uh, you know, I, I always think it's funny when people see somebody driving like a Ferrari or whatever, they always think they're some athlete or whatever, but nope, it's usually some entrepreneur who did something that you've never heard of. It's yeah, a niche. When, I, when I was driving your Ferrari last week, I don't think anyone asked me if I was an athlete. No? No. So you look a little old. I know. Out of shape. Oh, for you could have been. been. Yeah, you yeah. could have been. Well, so there for that second one, I think that you're right. Um, you know, and like we will kind of fall back. I I think that was episode 12 with uh, Startup Hustle with Larry Holt where yeah. he does talk about that. And I think that's that a fantastic episode if anybody wants it, to go It's back really one it. of my favorites. And I look back at it and like ever since, you know, that's one of the things that I've enjoyed about this podcast is that those little tidbits are, as Laurel would say, the pearls. The pearls. Yeah. Yep. All right. What's next? All right. The third pearl is the CEO needs to have the vision, not the experience. And honestly, I think this kind of defines myself um, because when I started Stackify, I became the CEO and had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I think that that's, uh, well, cause here's the thing is if you want to go, if you want to go to the place that your dreams exist, it's probably a lot of uncharted territory along the well, way. And, and so you got to figure it out. You don't have experience until you finally do. Well, and the, and the reason I think this is so important is it's all about having the vision. I mean, you can find anybody to manage a company and run a company, but if they don't have the vision for where the company is going or what the company is supposed to do or what the future is of that industry, you're never going to get there, right? And um, the CEO needs to have that vision. I think that's the number one priority. Um, they don't necessarily need to have experience running a company. Like They can hire other people to do that, to know how to handle accounting and legal and all this other stuff. Like, you know, for those of you who are listening, don't be scared to be the CEO. Um, I think that's really the advice here. Um, the, the key is whoever has the product vision, the vision for the company needs to be the CEO. And everybody else needs to line around them and support their weaknesses. I think uh, something I'd like to add on to that is, you know, that this chess master analogy I've been making a lot lately is about, you know, with vision is trying to play a few moves ahead. Right. And think yep. about, you know, where you're going to go. And, and every move ahead, you know, if you're two moves ahead, in chess, like that's actually like a very scary, large number of options that could occur. So you want to be thinking about that. And that's what vision is. It's not necessarily just like knowing. Well, and those, those of us that have that kind of ability to have that sort of vision, probably in our head, think everybody else does too, Yeah, but they don't, the 99% of people don't. So for the 1% of us that can do that, can think ahead, can look ahead, can understand where something is going and skate to the puck, it's super valuable. You mean and I shouldn't just wait for it to come to me? No. Okay. Um, but most people be, don't be, have that. Be the hunter and not the prey. Yeah, most I people like don't have say. that. Um, right. But those of us who do may not um, think it provides as much value as it really does uh, because it's just natural to us. Yeah, I always, you know, I hear, have people say to me a lot, they're like, well, I don't have experience. I'm like, neither did I no. until I did. You just got to do it. I'm no, like, you can hire somebody who has experience running a business. Just do it. So you can't that, hire somebody who has a vision. That's really hard. I thought about trying to hire an exact copy of myself, and I realized that would end in workplace violence. But that so, kind of end goes to your next point. Yeah. Here. So my next point, uh, number four here, is know what you don't know, which kind of fits into what we just described. Like, uh, I'm good at certain things. I'm not good at other things. And you well, need to own know it. that. Own it. And you need to know that yeah. and not pretend like that you do. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert at legal or accounting or all sorts of different things. Um, you need to know what you don't know 
and that's fine. And hire people that do know those things. Find yeah. people that that complement you uh, really well. Well, we've gone through a lot of that with full scale this year. Yeah. Just like even me, I'm like, I want to step away from all this deep tech, like meaning like, I don't know, just talking about server configurations or blah, 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 blah. So, right. you know, finding someone that's good at the stuff that you don't want to do, the things that you don't, and also the things you don't like doing. I mean, you want to come to work and do shit that you that's don't like. That's absolutely right. Yeah, there are so. a lot of things I don't like to do. Um. I want to point out as we move down this list that Matt Watson gave me a top 10 list and number one is blank. So this is actually a top 11 <laughs> list and maybe knowing what you don't know, which is that blank number one of don't be afraid of the unknown. So right. we're going to what number six, which is really number five. Yeah, Number five. Sorry, I printed the line numbers. Um, your number one job is to be a cheerleader. And the reason I say that is I think so much about being a leader in a company is being a cheerleader. You want to be a leader, you also have to be a really good cheerleader. You, you've got to cheer cheer your team. You, you've got to, you know, if there's certain things you want done in the company, certain projects, it's your job to go around and make sure everybody understands your vision and why those are important and get everybody rallied behind you. And you are a glorified cheerleader most of the time. And, and a bit of a coach. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, a cheerleader is always encouraging. A coach sometimes has to literally say, dude, you're going to have to try harder, you know, or do whatever. And, and I think with the cheerleading part, it's also not being afraid to have a tough conversation right. in some regards yep. and say, but, but at the same time, you have to spin that. You say, look, this isn't, you're, this isn't going the way that it needs to. Now, what can I do to help this? Get you got to rally the troops. I right. mean, that, that's your job is to rally the troops at all times and, make everybody um, appreciate that this is a good place to work and that they should be working here and that they're happy. And uh, a lot of that is running around and um, being a cheerleader for the whole company and the whole team um, at all times. You're sort of like being Mickey Mouse, I guess, <laughs> which is your life goal, right? Go, Matt, go. <laughs> I don't know if I'm cheering for you or myself when I do that. But All right. What do you got next? All right. So one, one of my uh, next uh, favorite things to say, I say a lot is, uh, Change is a process, not an event. And I guess the, the reason that that is important to me is I feel like as a software developer, the number one thing that I do is create change. Right. And most people are scared to death of change, uh, especially like my wife or somebody. Like if, if you move her cheese or rearrange an uh, icon on her phone, she might lose her mind. And uh, honey, I love you if you're listening. But it's She's all true not. and you know our, it. Our wives don't listen to She actually show. did listen to the last episode. My wife is on episode two, one minute in. But um, for so many people, it's important to remember that change is a process. And especially in business, if you're going to make big changes in your company, it needs to be a process and not some you know event that happens one day. Um, and a lot of times your job as a leader is to create that change and drive that change uh, across the business. You know, I tell people all the time that I, I don't, there's only one promise that I'll make and that's that things will change. Yeah. And there's only one constant and that is change. So, you know, and I've seen a lot of businesses tank because they refuse to change. Right. Exactly. You know, we were talking yesterday with someone on the phone and it gave me, it, it instantly made me revisit the time when I worked in the music industry and I watched half of the piano stores and the world fail because they refuse to change. And right, some yep. of that, you went through some of that with Ben when the, well, it was right around the same time, like 2008 yep. and things were changing and the people that didn't want to change 
probably didn't get ahead. Yep, big uh, the economy went to hell, and GM and Chrysler went bankrupt, and you got to figure out how to change and evolve. Okay, before you say this next one, I'm a little bit scared about it. All right, so number seven is be careful what you put in your backpack. And so this is actually um, a phrase that Craig, our chief operating officer at Stackify, says a lot, and I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite things now I think about all the time. And really, it's all about no matter what you do in business, um, everything that you do is basically one more thing you put in your backpack that you got to carry up the mountain. Kind of so, like entrepreneurial ADD. Right. So, uh, you know, if we add a new feature to our system, that's a new feature we have to support. It's one more thing we put in our backpack we got to carry around with us and forever is going to drag us down, right? No matter what you do, uh, and really it's kind of in life, it's one more thing that you have to have stress about, you have to support, maintain, think about. And every one of those things uh, weighs either, you down. It's either going to, well, it's either going to weigh you down or you have to get stronger. Yeah. You have to, you know, your legs or whatever, your back, you have to be able to support more. Right. Um, sometimes you need more things in your backpack. You know, you're talking, making a mountain climbing analogy too. And I, um, last year when I was in Manhattan, I was meeting with a guy named Kurt McDonald, who was, uh, um, I kind of felt like I would talked to the Oracle afterward, but he made it, he said, look, if you're trying to climb the mountain, what's, what's easier trying to climb it yourself or find people on top that can pull you up. Right. Sure. And that's another thing too. You know, yesterday when Ray Levi from SACFI was in here, we were talking about, do you want to buy or build? And like, there's a lot of things right. like, you know, not putting it all. I've been really guilty of my backpack has been like, when you see those people that have the mega backpack on, you're like, where are you going with all that stuff? That was me for a long time. I've been trying well, to share you, that. You came to my office yesterday and asked me about if I wanted to do something and I remember what it was. Buy now. a building. Yeah, it was buy a building. And yeah. I, and I, and my response to you was no, it's one more thing I'd have to worry about. I don't want to do, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. And it's back to this analogy of, I only, I want as few things in my backpack as possible. So I just didn't like paying for someone else's backpack. That's fine. I'm making lots of money. They can make a little money. It's cool. I know. I get it. I'm going to need a loan, by the way. Um, what's next on the list? All right. Number eight. How do you compete in a global economy? Wait, business is done all around the world? It is. And so actually, there's two facets to this. There's how do you sell your product internationally? So like Stackify, we sell our, our product internationally, right? True. Uh, but then when you're competing in a global economy, it's also about the resources and how you do business, right? So there's well, a reason I think that we're living this one right now. Most manufacturing is done in China and places, right? Because right? it's less expensive. The only way you could compete, if you want to sell clothing or electronics or so many different things, you've got to find a cheaper source to do the manufacturing. And I don't know if cheaper is the right, more affordable. More affordable. I, I'm, I'm careful with the word cheap. Yeah. Because cheap indicates exactly that. It's like something that just easily breaks or is shoddy. And I think that more affordable and like you just have to evolve and be a smart business person. Yep. And so the, the same part of this applies to software development, right? right? I mean, there are software developers all over the world. You you know, we've I've used software developers in South America, Europe. Philippines, lots of different places, right? And there are great developers all over the world. And really, it is a, a worldwide competition for talent. And if I can find really amazing talent anywhere um, and get a better value, then that's one way that your company could compete. So yeah, for, and, and there's no walls on the internet. No, at least in most countries. No, but for, I mean, this is globalization. And this is the way of the future This is not changing the world's a lot smaller than we think it is. Yeah. 
So, you know, for Stackify, um, the fact that we created a, a development team in the Philippines and tripled the size of our engineering team is a huge part of our ability to succeed and grow. Um, there's no well, then the people that you're competing with are doing that same thing. Oh, they are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. I guess it's kind of a um, get on, get on, get on board or maybe get left behind. Yeah. It's the only way you can compete. Um, everybody else is trying to figure out how to be more efficient with their capital. That's um, a good place to start. And that's, that's one way you got to do it. So fullscale.io. Yeah. And that's one of the things we help do with, do it, uh, with full scale. Right. So, all right. So always the next one is number nine, always balance the need to want to, and have to. And this is something I've always, I, I tell, I've always told people for years is there are things you need to do, you want to do, and you have to do, and you have to balance all of those things, right? Like you need to mow the lawn. Maybe you don't want to, you don't have to, yeah. but you need to, or you need to pay someone, you know, money. you, you want to go on vacation, but you, you have to yeah. eat, yes. right? Like there are these things kind of fit in those logical buckets. And it's the same thing with your business and your, and like our, you know, your software product, right? As we're thinking about what am I going to have my engineering team work on this week? You have to balance those things or like, Oh, we have this big performance problem. We have to work on that. Right. Um, but the, there are also other things like we need to create this, new feature. We want to build this new feature because it's going to help us sell more of our product. So it's, it's important to always balance those things because if you spend all of your time, you know, working on these things that you, you think you need to do or have to do, you can easily get stuck in a rut and you never innovate. You know, I wrote a book on this once about balance. Yeah. It's all about balance. But I think that, and if I could have just one minute, it's not just about professional. Like you have to balance personal, professional, and physical. If you're completely obsessed with work, your personal life and your physical life are going to fail. And good luck trying to put all your energy into work when you're going through a divorce or when you have a health problem and stuff like that. So, you know, kind of like Matt said, you got to think about what you need to do, what you have to do, like that whole idea of opportunity cost. When you're choosing to do one thing, you're choosing not to do something else. Right. Yes, and, absolutely. And sometimes one of the more effective ways to increase productivity or innovate change is to step away from something. Anytime you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to a lot of other things. Yeah. There's a so on my YouTube channel, I have an interview with Jake Seninger, the guitarist from Humphreys McGee, who is just a world class player and he in the interview, he's talking about sometimes he puts a guitar on a stand and sits in a chair across from it just so he can look at it from a different point of view. And, you know, that's sometimes important and, you know, like do that yourself, but try to get a, a balance on all of it. By the way, um, you can get a copy of Balance Me on Kindle on Amazon for 99 cents. The, Amazon won't let me give it away for free. So 99 cents if you want to read about it. Matt, you are not in that book. <laughs> all right. All right, so the last one, number 10, is get 1% better at what you do. Uh, and really, that's get 1% better at what you do every day. Yep. And try to do a little better today than you did yesterday. You'd be in good shape. Yeah, and I mean, 1%, if you get 1% better a day, you know, you're talking 20, 30% over a month. Yep. And you just get better and better and better. And that, and, uh, you know, like so many things in life, you, you set these big goals like, I want to lose 50 pounds. And you get mad because the next day you haven't lost 50 pounds. And really, it's about, the steps. It's like, I need to lose one pound. Got to eat the elephant right? one bite two at pounds. a time. And it, it's all about making small incremental improvements and being very focused on it. And they all add up is really the key here. Every little 1% little improvement you can make over the course of time will make a big difference. 
and I'm not trying to like get Shelly, that's actually a big part of Balance Me. I actually have a free app in the app store that'll help you keep track of what you're doing and try to do a little better at it. Let yeah. you give yourself grades and stuff like that. And you know that getting a little better, if you just try to do better than you did yesterday, it's like you said, it breaks up that ability for you to fall in a rut. And, well, and you, and you don't get into that kind of despair because you're yeah. like, oh, I didn't lose 50 pounds this week. Well, yeah. Of course you didn't lose 50 pounds. Your, your mind can't conceptualize losing 50 pounds. No. It, it, can, wrap it, it can wrap itself around one yep. pound or five pounds and celebrate your victories along the way. Absolutely. Like when you get there, like right now, like, well, I'm kind of following your lead. You did the keto diet and, you know, you've looking thin and trim. Well, and thank I said, you. this is working. Um, for you and I tried it and I've lost 20 pounds, but you know, like you got to kind of just go for that next step yep. and not be like, Hey, I want to lose 50 pounds. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So you're going to be presenting this tonight at sporting KC park. Yeah. It's actually at the stadium. Okay. Okay. So how do I collect my royalties on number one on the list? Well, I not getting paid to do this. So I'll, I'll give you part of my royalty is that kind of like my my paycheck here on i'll the give podcast? you 10 percent. is that like my cut of the podcast yeah wow well matt you know what i think this is a really good list this is uh there are some things on here that are quite profound and i want to commend you on taking like your bringing your take on other people's things as well and yeah. just like you I, i've always felt that you are very open-minded about that kind of stuff and you know success it follows a pattern right and, and i don't i just don't really think it's that difficult in the end it requires discipline and it requires work and you have to want to do it it doesn't mean you can just like decide you want to be successful four days a week and just throw it all away right. the other three it makes it a lot more difficult so let's recap real fast let me let me list these off again for everybody who's listening and um uh, go back then real fast. So number one was success demands payment in advance. Number two, success is found in the niches. Number three, the CEO needs to have the vision, not not the experience. Uh, number four, know what you don't know. Number five, your number one job is to be a cheerleader. Number six, change is a process, not an event. Number seven, be careful what you put in your backpack. Number eight, how do you compete in a global economy? Number nine, Always balance the need to, want to, and have to. And number 10, to get 1% better at what you do every day. I just realized something. This is also probably a list of future episodes. It could be. There is really a lot more depth to, you know, than we gave ourselves time for. But yeah, man, this is good stuff. All right. Well, I hope I can go through all of this uh, lightning speed tonight. So. Yeah. And I, and for those of you that are interested, for us little people in the audience, I will be there capturing a little bit of video of Matt. And uh, for those of you that haven't checked, there is some video of Matt singing karaoke. Oh, my God. I'm not feeling it, dog. Oh, it was I'm bad. I'm not feeling it. It was um, bad. I'm, I, the good news is I did karaoke again, and I, I think I did a little better. Well, A little I might have more videos of you. Oh, shit. I might not. Oh, no. uh, but, I, you know, so the thing that's important to remember, Matt, is you're really good at this other stuff. Yeah. Which is important. I'm not going to quit my day job to be a professional karaoke singer. Is that even a thing? I, it probably is. I in, bet it is. In the Philippines. I bet it, it probably is. is. I bet yes. it is. Well, yeah. So um, for those of you that um, that are members of the, fa uh, the Startup Hustle Facebook chat, also, I want to encourage you guys to add your friends. 
add people that you think that would enjoy from our community that we're trying to form. We're really trying to step up the level of activity. Matt and I just bought some super duper cameras to try to produce some more content and put stuff up there. Um, you know, you can look over in the right column when you're on the page and, uh, it'll suggest several of your friends and you can just click a button and add them up. So, uh, you know, we'd really love to see more people in there. We're really hoping to grow that community and, uh, get more input. If you guys have stuff like our, our guy with the chicken hustle, yeah, you know, like please publish and use the page to do anything other than be annoying. So anyway, speaking of being annoying, I'll be, I'll be out there, Matt. I'll be taking notes and, and, and you're going to be my cheerleader. No, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm just so subtle. All right. Yeah. We see you cool. All right. See ya. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.